Shut up and sit down. Welcome to Random Thoughts from the Road on the Ozark Rides Digital Network. Conversations about motorcycles, any random thoughts that pop into our head, and of course, one of the best places to ride in America, the Ozark Mountains of Missouri and Arkansas. And now, here's your host from OzarkRides.com, Craig Allen and Randy Lewis. You know, riding the long, lonesome highway or back roads aren't always the smoothest. Hitting the occasional pothole or rut can take its toll on your ride. Whether it has two wheels or four, keep Heartland Honda in Springdale in mind. They can service and repair your on-road or off-road vehicle. And when it's time for something new or pre-owned, Heartland Honda in Springdale can fix you up. Check them out online at heartlandhonda.com or give them a call at 479-751-7022. Heartland Honda. Work hard. Play hard. You meet the nicest people at Heartland Honda. About 10 years ago, my best buddy talked me into buying a motorcycle so we could go touring around the Ozarks Mountains. The rides were amazing. One weekend, I couldn't go, but he went anyway. Tim was topping a hill on a big curve and was hit head-on by a car passing an RV. Thankfully, he survived. And thankfully, he had Schmidt Law Firm on his side. I do too. Motorcycle accidents happen. Schmidt Law Firm will prove negligence and help you get full recovery. Find them online at KansasCityLawyers.com. Put Schmidt Law Firm on your side of the table because motorcycle accidents do happen. Well, welcome back to another episode of Random Thoughts from the Road. With me, as always, is Randy Puddles Lewis from Bike Works in Urbana, Missouri. How are you, yeah. young fellow? Creating puddles. Creating puddles. That's what I do. Well, it's a trippage thing, and uh, I haven't gotten there yet, but I can assure you that you're probably ready for diapers already. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Gotta love me a diaper. Might as well, right? Yeah. Then I don't have to stop work. I don't have to stop riding. I don't have to stop anything. Just let yeah. it rip. But you're almost there. You're just now getting over the bedwetting thing. <laughs> Pretty much. Let's yeah. not go there. I started to, I, you almost had me. I almost went down that road. So uh, have you gotten into anything cool this weekend? No, I don't do cool. I just do fucking run of the mill every day bullshit. You just do you. Yeah, pretty much. It's I'm definitely not, not, I'm not cool. cool by definitely no not cool. I'm not cool. Yeah, I understand. So when you came to the house this morning, I was enthralled in this video. I wanted to talk a little bit about that and we'll get into yeah. other nonsensical BS. Yeah. Big old dongs. That's what, oh, not that video? Different video. Different video. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So. Shifting gears here. Shifting right gears. <laughs> There's a, a YouTube channel called uh, Revzilla. Yeah. R-E-V-Z-I-L-L-A, I think. Yeah. And they've got these two characters that do crazy things on motorcycles. For example, they did a deal where they rode the old uh, Honda Trail 90s, the CT90s, across Alaska. (laughs) Skinny-ass tires, lightweight bikes. Yeah. And they succeeded. Uh, They've done a video where they reenacted the scene from Dumb and Dumber. This is a great video. Oh, man. And uh, they rode their one little mini bike, dressed appropriately like in the movie shut up in the winter time from nebraska to aspen colorado on this little mini bike <laughs> and uh you know a little lawnmower engine stuff yep. that 
was hilarious, and they they succeeded. They had a briefcase full of money, too. They did have a little briefcase that was in a basket in the front of the bike because the bike looked just like it did in the movie. Uh But I think mostly the briefcase was just to block the wind. (laughs) So, But the one I was watching was amazing. It's about an hour long, and they took a early 70s model, Honda XL350, four-stroke, single-cylinder, a thumper. Yeah. And the other guy rode a bike just like that uh, we just recently picked up. That DT. DT360. Yeah. Across Wyoming, about 500 miles, never touching pavement. Ooh. Back roads, dirt roads, cross farmland. They did this in the early spring, late winter. So there are portions of that they ran into massive snowstorms. And they rode right through them. And at times... Uh, they uh, got the wheels so bogged down in snow and mud that it clogged the wheels so they wouldn't turn. <laughs> and it was amazing. So, Pissing on it to warm it up, to th- chunk it out of there? Yeah, I guess. And every time they would come across a blacktop, a highway, they picked the bikes up physically and wow. one at a time and carried them across the road. Now, those aren't light bikes. No, that's dedication right there. Yeah. That's and uh, Or if they had the option they'd, back in Wyoming, they have these uh, culverts that go under the road to allow cattle through. Yeah. So yeah. they would just go and ride through there. And one time they got stuck in there with all the mud and the poop. <laughs> That's cool. Bogged down in That's that. That's cool. It is a great video. I highly recommend that uh, if you enjoy that sort of thing, check, check them out. out. Absolutely. Yeah. I like the idea of doing odd shit like that as opposed to, you know, you've got the race across America, who can get there in the fastest amount of time. I think we, we talked to one guy from Texas who'd done that. Right. You know, that's that's all well and cool. But these oddball, obscure ones where you take a bike that's not really designed to do what you're asking it to do. Exactly. And then do long trips and weird trips on it. Hats off. Well, there was one guy or a couple of guys, and I think it might even be these, these two that I'm talking about, that uh, rode mini bikes all the way through Mexico, north to south. Oh, wow. So, Hoorah. I mean, that takes some dedication. Hoorah. Yeah. That's the kind of stuff I love. Yeah. You know, anybody yeah. can go across uh, Wyoming on dirt yeah. roads. You know, you get yourself an Africa Twin, no problem. Sure. But you get yourself a 50-year-old bike. <laughs> and granted, they had a uh, chase truck because there was a lot of places where there were no gas stations. Oh, yeah. No, you had to fill up. And you're talking about small-ass tanks, too. Yeah, little small tanks. You might get, you know, 150 miles or 100 miles on them. hmm So, uh, check that out. Have you done anything good for society this week? Uh, let's see. I went to a father-daughter dance. That's the only thing I can oh, say. Oh, that was this weekend, wasn't it? Was yeah. that yesterday, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was. Did they ask you to leave again? Oh, shit, no, man. Dude, I'm the life of that party. Are you? Yeah, you get you You're the guy that brings in the flask? And goes, come uh, here, little girl. <laughs> I want to show you my puppy. <laughs> Negative on that, hot rod. <laughs> no, you, you pregame for this situation. Because you yeah. don't want to hurt your little girl's feelings getting loaded in the corner. Which one did you which one was it? Kennedy. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, Kennedy. She's a little bit it's not necessarily her style, but it was a good ass time. We had a great time. I don't think we left the dance floor. Which you think, oh, you go to a father-daughter dance, that's the way it should be. But we live in the middle of the country. Country boys don't dance. You know, they're Are all sure? they're all set up on the sideline. They're watching their daughters go crazy like they think it's cool. Did you have to that's dance it. with her? 
I made her dance with me. Is the oh, way embarrassing went. for her. Oh, man. She actually had a great time. She Good. stayed out there. She's not really a dancing type. Uh, backstory on her. This is also the kid that I noticed was always carrying a backpack every time we left the house. Like, go to Springfield, go to ball games, go to wherever. She always had this backpack. So one day we're at a basketball game and I said, hey, you know, what's what's with the backpack? What you got in it? She's like, well, I got some makeup and I got some stuff I might need and I got my knife. And I'm like, what? Really? <laughs> yeah. She's like, yeah, you never know when you're going to need that somebody. And I'm like, holy shit. You probably shouldn't, but keep it in there anyway. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the type of kid that she is. So we'll see her on the news in, yeah, in possibly, the near future. Possibly. Yeah. So, but it was, it was a good time. Good, good. So what else did you decide you wanted to talk about? All right. So this is what it is. Did you see the sign up here? The only sign that's worth a shit. Yeah. The Harley Davidson sign. Yeah. yeah. I saw that. I saw that nice, big, nice, bright Harley sign. Then you got that old faded victory sign. Like, "Eh, don't look at me. What are you going to (laughs) do? So, did I tell you I, saw, I read an article here recently about bullshit? You can't read. Craig. I did. Well, I you had can't somebody. Read. It was a audio article. Wasn't audio it? article, and it was about uh, what's a better bike, Victory or Harley? Guess and, what it was. Well, he he started out the whole article with, "Let me just say right in advance, Harley Davidson." But his premise for reason that Harley Davidson was a better bike is because Harley has better service than Victory. Nowhere in the article did he say that Victory wasn't made anymore and there are no more Victory dealers. Uh-huh. But he claimed that the Victory uh, service dealers are getting hard to find. Yeah. Well, you know, duh. They don't make It just them. makes you want to scream to this guy and grab him up <laughs> by the throat and go, did, no did you shit. phone this in or just yeah. Yeah. do your homework? God damn. No shit. So you were going to regale me with stories about what you did this week or last two weeks. Nah. Not that I have a give a damn. But go ahead as Fuck you sip that. your beer. Fuck that. Nobody wants to hear about what I did. Here's what we're talking about. This is about. why we're here. This is what we're talking about. Okay. So I was in a, my son's baseball game and I was talking with a longtime buddy. Believe it or not, the only one I still have. Already we're starting the conversation off with, yeah, uh, you know, yeah. suspected stories. Anyway, so he used to have a motorcycle, kind of wants to get another one. He took the he took the latter route like a lot of people do. Oh, I started having, I got a wife, started having kids, got rid of the motorcycle, which I'm not down with, whatever. I know kids are expensive, but, you know, whatever. Anyway, so I'm showing him bikes. I'm like, hey, let's do this. Let's do this. So he's like, well, I have to have fuel injection. I, I want a new breakout. I want a newer one. I'm like, dude. Fuck that. Like, don't get you a new bike. Let's build something with some soul. Let's get an old bike. You know, have something that not every swinging dick has out there, right? And he's like, well, that's cool. Let's just take a new one and make it look old. And I'm like, yeah, but there's only, you know, there's no replacement for the real deal, dude. So it got my mind thinking, would you rather have a bike with soul or would you rather have a bike that's just convenient, no matter how cool or ugly or whatever it is, that when you ride down the main strip, you're going to see a bajillion, you know, everybody has that bike. So then I got to thinking about you and I was like, well, that's kind of Craig. You know, Craig wants the convenience. Craig wants the what everybody else has. Craig wants the bike. Why that you got to can- bring me into this with all your lies? <laughs> Bullshit. You've said it numerous times. I want to just go out. Hit the button, it start, and I go ride. 
But at my age, that's the way to do it. Yeah. So, but I'm the I'm the different. Like I don't give a shit if it's a little bit uncomfortable or it's a little bit ratty. Like I want something that has soul and personality, and there's a story behind it. It's like you were at the shop this week. And you remember that older guy that rode up on that old generator bottom shovel head? Yeah. That wasn't pretty by no means. I mean, it, it was wasn't to like, me, but yeah. It wasn't finished out with the most high-end paint and all the greatest. I mean, it had some nicks. It had some things. It had some custom-made parts. The guy that put it together in his garage and, yeah, and wrote yeah. it as is. And what did you say? This is cool. It is cool. Bring my I, trailer around. Let's load it up. I'm taking it. Yeah. You know? And that... Son of a bitch wouldn't agree to that. No, not at all. So I built an old SU, believe it or not. It's an SU carburetor for this Harley, which used to be one of the coolest carbs you can possibly get. But then it, it kind of hit me a little bit more. Like even a guy that wants convenience, wants the let's just go out and ride, is completely enthralled with this old bike that's got nicks, got dings, got little things here and there. Would you rather... Have something with soul that you may or may not have to add oil to or you always get a tinker with. Or are you the guy that wants modern convenience? You know, all the ABS, traction control, infotainment center, all that crap to just go out and ride. Well, for me, I want reliability. Mm -hmm. I don't care if it's old or new. I, you know, if it's a 50-year-old bike, I'm more into that if it's reliable but what's reliable mean to you? At my age and my point in life means that I get on my bike, I go wherever I want to go, and I come home without having to call but somebody with a trailer or having to get off on the side of the road and get the toolkit out and repair. It, as a younger man, that, that would appeal to me. But for me in my position in life where I am right now, that does not appeal to me anymore. Eh, see, like I love that part of the journey. Riding. Now, we go, it goes back to that video I was just watching, you know, going across and all you have is the tools with you. Yeah. You know, you have a chase truck, of course, for gas, but uh, that appeals to me a great deal if I was a younger man. That's something that I would want to do. How old do you think that guy was that came in? Oh, maybe in his 50s. Of course, he could have had a hard life and he may have been 23. <laughs> he did look know. it though. Did yeah, he he just look looked in his dude. 50s. Yeah, yeah. You can tell he is he was pretty rough as yeah, far as you know he's yeah. Man, he, he didn't have a life in a recliner. When he first came to me, I was like, dude, this is a cracked out mother trucker. Wanted me to rebuild this SU carb. He's, he just couldn't get it quite right, couldn't get anything, but he wanted to be able to on put that it on particular his bike. bike. Yeah, yeah. That carb that you saw on it was the carb that I went through and I mean I went through every last niche of that thing new bushings new seals new jets new settings cleaned it polished it everything which he stopped in just to say hey you know kudos great job bikes never ran this good in my entire life but when he first came in i was like oh geez what am i getting into like this he's not gonna have the money he's not gonna come back whatever but then i see his bike and he's telling me about all these bikes and all these people that he knows and all these big wigs that he's partied with and hung out with. And then he shows up on the bike and I'm like, okay, I can believe it now. Like it, it, it just kind of turned into be a totally rad dude and just cool situation. Yeah. So what about the, like the metric rider? A lot of guys buy metric because one, the price point, 
and two, this typically seems to be the bigger part of it is they don't want to ever have to do anything with their bike. You know, with most metrics, modern metrics, service them, change the oil every once in a while, and they just absolutely run and keep running and run forever. But like most metrics, they're a little bit kooky looking in my mind, and they're harder to get aftermarket parts for, and they're a little anemic on power. They just don't, they just don't produce, unless it's a big CC or something, they don't produce a ton of power. So what do you do with that? How do you enjoy riding? And because this is coming from a mind mindset of I don't care, you know how convenient it is, how comfortable it is. Give me something with a little bit of soul, a little bit of attitude, a little bit of my personality put into it. So how do you ride those bikes that are not that? This is where you come in because you got a blase just bit style of convenience, <laughs> and you just assume it's always been that way. Eh, you know. Because you've only known me since I've been old. Shoe fits. <laughs> I've seen the other bikes that you've had and, you know, they've, they've never been completely modified or customized. Or, you know. What, what am I riding now? A, a bike that is so modified. A Harley Vick. A bike that is so modified and customized. I started doing that before I met you. <laughs> that's funny. It just cost me more before. Yeah, that's true. I'm a cheap slut. Yeah, you are. Um, like I said, uh, for where I am in my life right now, I am more into the security. Yeah. Yeah. The the knowing that I'm not going to get stuck because I like to ride in very rural areas. I don't want to go into town and ride around town. Yeah. That doesn't interest me in the slightest. In fact, uh, when I lived in Springfield, very rarely did I get on my bike just to go across town. Yeah. I just stay in the car. Well, that place is a shithole for riding in town anyway. Yeah. But, it, you know, it, it, you, you understand the idea of just riding amongst traffic. Yeah. I like going where there is nobody. So I am very keen on having a bike that is reliable, that I have a, a, a certain amount of confidence that when I get on that bike, I'm going to get home without having too much fuss. It even goes back to the days when I would ride cross country a lot. Yeah, I mean, who wants to get stuck in bumfucked Egypt? Uh, ah, fair enough, but I mean, somebody if if you if you know mechanics, and, and I've always claimed I drive the bus, I don't repair the bus. Touche, touche. Why I've, would I've I want that. to? Why would I want to get stuck forty miles from nowhere? Okay, and no traffic going by, with a little maybe a little toolkit, and I carry a toolkit. I don't know that it's going to serve me at all, but <laughs> just start throwing shit at it. Why would I want that? Well, let me ask you this then, because this was, was kind of one of the things that he was like, well, I have to have fuel injection. But that old 50 pan head, that bitch starts every time, second kick, and runs great, and it's carbureted. So with that in mind, what about an old, very well put together, carbureted bike? As I have opposed been across to the new, country many times on bikes that were carbureted. In fact... The bike that I have now, the Victory, yeah. is the first fuel-injected bike I've ever had. And the only trouble I've ever had with carbureted bikes going out and about is getting into the super high elevations. Elevation change, yeah. But it still ran. It yeah. still got me to the top and got me back to the bottom. 
you yeah. know, so. They're a lot more forgiving though, in my opinion. Like fuel injection is nice. Don't get me wrong. It, it is very nice. And yeah, you can make good amount of power with fuel injection. It takes a little bit more and a lot more tuning, which I think a lot of people get scared with that, with the tuning aspect of it. Whereas with a carburetor, like on a Harley, you could throw a Thunder Jet into it. Okay. And what that is, is it pulls excess fuel and puts it down the throat and you could tune the Thunder Jet while you're riding. You can increase fuel and decrease fuel as you're riding. So why not something like that? Well, I tell you, I would prefer to have now an old school carbureted bike. Mm-hmm. Because I no longer go on these long trips. Yeah, you know, you where I get it high into elevations and stuff. You're the quintessential modern biker where all you want to do is ride to the corner store and say, Yeah, I just logged five thousand miles. Bullshit. Now you say shit like that, that <laughs> and you, you sit there and lie and know that's not true. <laughs> oh shit. That's that, those people go all over me. Yeah, throw on your vest and hop in your Nissan and drive down to the local store and be like, yeah, I'm I'm hardcore, man. <laughs> I don't even wear a vest anymore. <laughs> oh, shit. I barely wear clothes. I know. I mean, I have gotten to a point to where, okay, I wasn't even going to talk about this. I didn't even think about it until just now. What are the, tell you what, let's let's talk about this a little bit. And I this is totally off the top of the head. You don't even know what I'm going to say. I'd never do. No, and nobody does. <laughs> so what are the, and they don't have to be f- five exactly, but just say, we'll say, what are the five types of bikers in quotation marks oh, that you shit. can't stand? Can't stand or just five different types of bikers? That you just can't stand. That just goes all over you. And the reason I brought this up is because you said the guy that runs to the corner stores yeah, thinks yeah. he's a, a cool biker. Yeah. That goes over me something awful. All right. All right. So I'm going to have to preface this with more Harley guys because that's more what I'm accustomed to. Now I, I could throw some other ones in there. All right. A lot of the, the a lot of the, uh, some of the fives that I'm going to pick uh, just coincidentally happen to be Harley type people, but well, they're, the, they're the worst. Let's be straight with it. Yeah, the Harley guys are the worst. Yeah. Go uh, ahead. Give me one and then I'll them. give you another. All right. All right. I'm going to start with the sportster guy. The guy that's like, yeah, I've got a, I've got a freaking hog, you know, and he's on a sportster. And then he has to back it up with, you know, it's a rock, which this is so hypocritical because we've talked about how I, I think sportsters are okay. They're a fun little bike. But the sportster guy is always having to defend himself. So of course he always says, it's pretty much a Dyna. You know, it, it'll go everywhere you want it to go. It's, you know, it's a Harley. But it's like the lowest end Harley. Let me ask you something about the Sportster. And no offense to Sportster riders, because I don't have a dog in that hunt. But uh, as we've established, we think Sportsters are pretty neat bikes. They're good bikes. But do you think a lot of the times the kind of guys you're talking about have what they call the little dog syndrome? They have to overcompensate. Yes. Because they're on a Sportster. Yes. Unnecessarily. They already know they're going to catch shit for being on a Sportster. Yeah. You know, so it kind of, I'm going to jump you here. It kind of, those two kind of play off on each other. So the Sportster guy's always claiming that it's like a Dyna. Well, it's it's pretty much the same thing as a Dyna. You know, it's it's just a little bit smaller CC or a little bit smaller bike, but it's a Dyna, you know. But then you get the Dyna guys. The majority of Dyna guys are the one wearing his vest, tall T-bars, throws out bro with Every freaking sentence, like, hey, bro, what's up, bro? Hey, brother, 
got his backwards hat or his bill curled up. Like he's a clubber. Got tall tees, some freaking brush guards like off of a, a I think they call them brush beaters, like on a dirt bike or whatever on them. Is this the guy that in, in Monday through Friday is a CPA? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wants to be a clubber so freaking bad, but can't do the But lifestyle. in reality, doesn't have the slightest sense of what that entails. Yeah. Set him up to wheelie and burn out and never do that. Typically, you know, with most a- average people. But those two right there just kind of get all over me. Like the Dyna guys always think that they're the coolest. They're the most badass. They're high handling, high wheeling bikes and bullshit like that. And typically beat on guys on touring bikes, calling them geezer glides. Yeah. One of the things that uh, type of riders that goes all over me is the rider that if you ain't fill in the blank riding my kind of bike. Yeah. You ain't shit. Yeah. That you just, you know, you're, you're nothing. Which is atypically the guy that wears his quote unquote biker gear while he gets in his car and then drives somewhere or exactly most of the time will trailer to events and then hop off and ride in. I have never once ever ran across what, for lack of terms, uh, we'll call a real biker, whether it's a clubber or whatever, somebody that is truly into bikes, regardless of what they ride as far as models and brand has ever looked down upon you or badmouth you because you didn't ride their particular yeah. brand of bike. And even the hardcore clubbers, the one percenters, they're not going to bust your balls about, well, you ride a Honda or you ride, yeah. a, you know, they'll bust your balls because you're being stupid. Yes. It's yes. not about what you're riding. Yes, exactly. So the guys that judge you and, and think that they're a superior human being because they ride like XYZ yeah. versus anything else. Yeah. I hate that. It, it cracks me up because typically those guys are on a soft tail standard or a heritage. Two of the most overproduced bikes from Harley ever, but they ride the most common motorcycle with the bare minimum accessories added on exhaust, air intake and bars. That's what they do. And then now all of a sudden they are the stature of what it has to be to be a biker. Of what they envision a biker is. Yes, yes. And 99.99% of the time, what they envision to be a biker is wrong. (laughs) You know what? The most hardcore bikers that I know that legit ride in legit whatever weather, whatever condition, are guys on freaking gold wings, BMWs, stuff like that. Oh, yeah. They typically- The serious, you know, over-the-top hardcore riders- they ride every freaking where in every and you know time why they year. ride those bikes. Yeah. And I don't ride those bikes. I don't have a dog in that hunt. They ride them because they're reliable and they're comfortable. They keep them on the road. Yeah. 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 100%. Now I've seen some old guys. We're talking about a different generation from what we have now, but old guys on Harleys that they do. Like I've got, oh, sure. I've oh, got sure. a cu- couple customers that but are But that's on. their generation. Yes. Yes. You know. 100%. So what else you got? Well, I think I did the last one. Oh shit! Okay, you know here, there's a bottle of Jack there. Yes, let me let me get some motivation here. Get some fuel. Yeah. So, I asked him when he came in if he wanted a glass for his Jack Daniels. No, I'll just drink out of the jug. Yeah, I'll drink it out of the bottle. Whatever. No one else is drinking this around here. All right. So here's the other guy. Here's the other one, and it, it absolutely cracks me up, that is constantly building his bike. 
you know, hey, let's go for a ride. Oh, no, man, I'm not done with my bike yet. Like his bike is always oh, in yeah. status and it's of disrepair. Never, ever done. No. Never no. done. Exactly. To the point where you sometimes question even if, if he even has, has a bike. One. Yeah, exactly. It's always, well, I'm doing this or I'm waiting for this to come in or I got to get this done. But once I do, yeah, we're going to rip, you know. But that it's day never, never comes. Done. Never comes. No. You have to disassociate yourself from those type of individuals. However, in your line of work, it's pretty hard to do. But it's just so funny to me that, you know, they talk about biking and all the motorcycles they've ever had and all the stories they've ever done, but you never see them on their bike because it's always being, you know, customized and worked on and repaired or whatever. Yeah, that's, that's, that's annoying. Another one that bugs me, and I think this is the last one I have, I can give me some time. I could come up with a lot more, but right off the top of my head is, and this is probably not an accurate description, but right off the top of my head, I'm going to say the yuppie biker. Wild hogs. Regardless of the, of the what you do for a living. The guy that uh, is doing it just to put on airs. I mean, he might ride on a Saturday if the weather is appropriate. <laughs> yeah. Or there's something that he wants to go to to impress his friends. Yeah. He's a three-piece suitor, but on the, like you said, on the weekend or when he's riding, he's got his ball cap turned around with the bill turned yeah. up. Always has to have a bandana on too. Oh yeah. Yep. Got to have Always that. got the bandana. He's got the cut, the leather uh, yeah, vest yeah, with all yeah. kinds of uh with uh, the big patches uh, on it. With the big chain that goes to his wallet too. You oh, can't forget that. Let it, if you're going to talk about the chain, let us not forget about there's a legitimate uh rider that uses these but i'm talking about the kind that has no business having this on his bike the whip the whip the on whip. his handlebars <laughs> yeah buddy now oh, shit. if you're the sense. guy that has no business having that number one and number two even though you have it you don't even really know what it's for yeah and number three if you did know what it's for You'd you never would use never it. use it yeah never use it yeah that, that, that grinds that, on me. That cracks my shit up. It, yeah, more. It doesn't make me mad. It just makes me laugh. And they're always color matched to their bike. Well, of you course. know it's it's like okay, son of a bitch. When it's color matched to their attire and their bike. And do I even need to say tassels? Oh, tassels are for titties. Yeah. All right. That's the only place that they they, they, <laughs> yeah. they need to be. Yeah, and they look good when they're on a pair of titties. That's the only place I wear mine. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. All right. Here's my last one. Okay. And for whatever. You understand we've pissed a lot of people off today, but this is what we do. This is what we do. This is what we do best. Bullshit and piss people off. Yeah. All right. So here's the one and it freaking grates on me. It's kind of twofold. You always hear the non-Harley guys say, well, fuck, all they do is polish their Harley. They clean it up all the damn time just to show off. And then it's usually followed by, I ride mine. It's, uh-huh. it's the guy that has the nastiest, dirtiest, shit-covered bike every day of every year. And just so they can say the quote, I ride mine. That's what you call laziness. <laughs> it's idiosity is what it yeah. is. You know, people always freak out or say that I'm OCD about whatever. And I'm like, dude, clean bikes run better. Yeah. They, they run have longer. no concept of preventative maintenance. Yeah. It just absolutely makes me laugh every single time I hear that. And I've literally laughed in people's face when they're like, well, I ride mine. So it's always dirty. And I'm like, 
bullshit. My bike's not always dirty, and I live down a mile-long dirt road. Yes, yes. So. You know, what does that dirt and grime do to chains and belts? And tears it up. Paint and all the bushings and bearings and seals and everything. Like, it destroys it. Yeah. So don't give me that bullshit. So if we've pissed you off by these things that bug us, well, first of all, wah, yeah. boo-hoo. Yeah. Uh, second of all, then maybe you ought to look in the mirror if we've gotten a little too close to home. <laughs> what is- are you really out there for? You really out there to ride and just enjoy the day and, and the bike and the being out there? Yeah. Or are you out there to try to impress other people? Yeah. Because if that's your goal, you're in the wrong line of work. Oh, man. Ah, oh, I lied. I lied. There's another rider that irritates me. Well, the more you start thinking about it, the more irritated you get. The more you can get on board with it. It's the dude. And typically, I, I I mean, I do see it with Harley and, and Indian guys, but I see it a lot more with metric guys that have exhaust on their bike. It is legitimately the guy that will pull in somewhere, stay in first gear, Everywhere they go. I know where this is going. It bugs me too. Every single time they come to a stop or a start or they're idling somewhere, they're all the time revving it and racking off their pipes. And it's just like, everywhere they go. Yeah. Like that gets all over me for whatever reason. Or when they take out, it's, they take out in first gear and it is absolutely pinned. They take off as fast as they possibly can. It grinds on me too. This is these are the same people that start their bike from a dead cold start oh, and man. wind it up yes. right out of the gate. Yes. They don't care about their bike. They don't let the oil cycle up. Yes. I mean it, it just for whatever reason I'm like, okay, I get it. You put a set of Vance and Hines pipes on your bike. Woohoo. Wow, that's rad. So you ask your you have to ask the question, why? Did you put the Vance and Hines on your bike? For that reason right there. Was it to impress other people or something else? Yeah. Yeah. It just, the more, the the guys that I see that are more into motorcycling, they they don't do that shit. No, like long distance riders, you don't want loud pipes. Yeah. They are fatiguing as hell when you're talking about putting six, seven, eight hundred miles a day on on a bike. I love the pain. Not so, that kind, not on my ears. Hell, I'm having to wear ear stuff now, you know. Yeah, I'll be that guy that can't hear shit. I already can't hear half the half Is that of you say? <laughs> yeah. What's that you say? Yeah. I genuinely do like the pain of riding motorcycles. I typically ride naked bikes, full wind. You ride naked. Touche. <laughs> so those midnight runs? Oh, man. Dude, there's nothing better than being out at 1 o'clock in the morning on a spring or summer day where it's still 70 degrees. And all you've got on is your thong? Why put a thong on? Yeah. Well, we're very rural here, so nobody's going to see you. Yeah. Let that dig hang over your hip and just flap in the wind. (laughs) (laughs) Or if you're a woman, you know, let it get a little air down there. (laughs) (laughs) Flapping out to each side of you. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, man. It typically, I think that's the reason why I like to ride at that time of night. I mean, there is not a soul out at that no, time where never, we live. Ever. For sure. no, yeah, I mean, of course, depending on where you live, but where we live, it's. I oh, think people man. turn in at eight or nine o'clock because yes. they're up at four in the morning to well, you mur- work their farms and stuff. Murder she wrote's on. You got to get in to watch your shows. Yeah, the early versions. Yeah. So I typically like riding that time of night because there's not a soul out. Fuck, if I want to ride in the left-hand lane for miles, you know, we're in America, so you drive on the right side of the road. I mean, I could weave all over. I could take corners, cut corners, do burnouts, do wheelies, do whatever I want to do. 
I genuinely miss writing at night. I wish I could still do that. You know, I hear a lot of people like, well, I got to go to work and I leave at four or five in the morning and deer are out. So I don't ride. And I'm like, fuck, it's casualties of war, man. Like that's, it's kind of one of those there things. There are deer that, out all the time. Yeah. I have found though, there's a lot less between that 11 o'clock to two o'clock in the morning. Like typically there's a lot less. Now I'm a lesser of a man, I guess, because I stick, I'll, I'll stick to more main roads that time of night. But that's Just, no problem around here at night because there's still nobody on them. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So where we live, there's, there's a couple of big roads that you ride. Now I'm not getting out on back chip and seal roads at one o'clock in the morning. You know, it's more highway miles, but we have a cross intersection here of two main highways. Now, granted they're two lane roads, Mm -hmm. but one of them goes all the way from the Gulf coast up to Canada. Yeah. And the other one goes, geez, into Colorado. I don't know how far east it goes. Yeah, once we once we get past us, it kind of takes a northeast route. Fifty four yeah. highway, I take yeah, it. Yeah, fifty four and sixty five. Yeah, you yeah. know, they're they're small roads by highway standards, but they're interstate highways, kind of back roads because they go across the state lines and they're high traffic roads that get a lot of maintenance to them, but they're still two lane roads. Some right. some parts of the road has a big shoulder, some parts has a small shoulder, whatever. A lot of guys are like, well, what do you do about gas? I'm like, shit, you know, I'm logging almost 200 miles at one o'clock in the morning. What are you doing at one o'clock in the morning? Sleeping. You know, you're hugging your pillow, dreaming about getting up for your first pee. (laughs) Exactly. You know, midnight snack bullshit. And I, I just absolutely love it. I love the serenity. I love the air. I love the scenery. There's nothing like that crisp evening air. Oh man. Shit. It's been two years ago, I think is what it was. We had a really mild winter. And hell, I took my boy out for a ride. I remember it's, that. It's Christmas Eve, and me and my son are riding around at 10 o'clock at night on a Christmas Eve in Missouri. You know, typically you think, oh, Christmas Eve, it's cold, it's snowing, but that year it wasn't. Oh, man, it was so mild. So we went and put freaking miles on, and he couldn't stop grinning. Like, obviously, he's a kid, is excited about Christmas Eve, couldn't sleep. So we went out for a ride. Exactly. So. All right. Well, we'll wrap it up there before we get in any more trouble. So, you know, because that's what we do. Oh, man. It's it's complete bullshit nonstop. <laughs> so if you like this episode, we appreciate you listening to it. Nonetheless, even if you didn't like it, yeah, just to yeah. find out, um, consider contributing to the cause. You can go to patreon.com forward slash Ozark Rides, or you can go simply to OzarkRides.com and find the Patreon link anywhere on the website. So until the next time, we hope that you enjoy writing. Be a real writer. Don't be one of those guys we talked about. And if it offended you, look in the mirror. You know. Ah, shit. Just take it for what it is. Take it for what it is. It's two guys that know nothing and then we have an opinion just like you do. So until then, uh, enjoy writing and keep it on two wheels.